Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Broadcasting live from the Hyundai studio, presented by your local Hyundai dealers. This is Chicago's number one and most listened to sports station. 670 The Score is Chicago Sports. Chicago Sports is The Score. WSCR and HD Chicago. WBMX HD2 Chicago. And Odyssey Station. The Score! In terms of the veteran wide receivers, you know, Dante Pettis was a, I think he was a second round pick. Back in was it eighteen, um, and and then Tajay Sharp. That's about the time when he was, you know, kind of a functional third wide receiver. Neither one of them's done much lately, uh, so I don't think those moves in terms of getting some wide receivers that have played a little bit in the league uh, moves the moves the radar. You know that that just doesn't do a whole lot uh, for them at the wide receiver position. They're, they're going to be shuffling uh, guys in and out, I, I would imagine. Oh, yeah. Brad Biggs from the Chicago Tribune on Molly and Haw talking about the newest Bears wide receivers that they signed last week, Tajay Sharp and Dante Pettis. And no, I still have not seen the difference maker, that guy, that dynamic playmaker for the Chicago Bears being added to the offensive side of the roster it is not here yet it is uh, you know we'll see the third year of Darnell Mooney maybe he's it because man he makes he's made real progress and came in with a terrific rookie year so leaving him out of it I don't know here I mean we'll do the exercise again is it Byron Pringle as your number two wide receiver certainly looks like it right now is it uh, does equanimous st brown have a real chance to make this roster and make an impact i don't know will tajay sharp and dante pettis even be on the roster don't know about that but i do know this today's monday and tomorrow is tuesday i can do this all night the next day is wednesday but no tuesday the the bears will have they have otas this week but the day that we will get to go and hang out at Hallis Hall as Bears reporters, we on the beat of the Bears, the credential media get to go out there and, and watch things on Tuesday. So I'll be reporting to you guys on the score and on the overnights to let you know what I see. And I assume that, you know, I don't know exactly who we're going to get to talk to yet, but I'm positive we'll talk to the head coach, Matt Eberflus, and they usually will allow three, four, five players to speak as well. So, you know, each day we grab more clues and more evidence to figure out exactly what the Bears are doing, what they look like, what they sound like, and what it's all about. So more of the, the OTAs getting underway this week. I think they, they'll be practicing for three days. We just get the access on the Tuesday of this week, tomorrow. Same thing with next week. 
as well. So I'm looking forward to to hearing, finding out what we will hear this week. Back to the text messages, 312-644-6767. Um, a, a, a correction, and this I will definitely accept this correction from 773. Except in my cousin Vinny, it's not it's uh it's Jerry, not Joey. Yeah, you're right. It's Jerry Callow. That's you're right. It's Jerry Callow. A hundred percent right. All of this in the name of of Joey Gallo, who hit a two run homer to put the White Sox away in the ninth inning and the Sox lose five to one. Cubs beat the Diamondbacks three two the final score. My cousin Vinny is I think it might be a little underrated in terms of how funny is. Like it's like legit hilarious, like real humor, man. You know, it it really is. Like and it's a movie that I could just kind of pop on any time and get something out of it every single time. Uh, three one two, six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. Ask people what you got. What are you guys drinking tonight on the overnight? Maybe you're just getting off work. Maybe you are working. I just want to know what you're drinking. I'm drinking. So I got a. I got some uh, store bought Starbucks that I got going on here, and a uh, what's called sparkling ice drink, classic lemonade, zero sugar, with vitamins and antioxidants. I just like the flavor. I don't know. If it's. I'm sure it's not healthy, but they try to make it sound like it's healthy with that antioxidant business. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Uh it's just good. I like so I, I got the hot and the cold here going on. That's what I'll that's what I work with throughout the overnight. Um let's see here. Mark, I used to drink beer. Now I drink water. Jim in Sarasota. PS my hungover friend wanted to strangle Ronnie Woo Woo. He sat behind us on a super hot day in the bleachers. Yeah, he's not for everybody. I understand. And I know some people have been insulted that he shows up at places that are inappropriate, like funerals and things like that, um, you know, of famous Chicago inns. So, yeah, that's that's not cool. That's not cool, and I totally understand that. And, yeah, I mean, how could a guy who, you know, who, who goes, Cubs, woo, Cubs, woo, he, that that is not for everybody, but it's for some people. 630 text, your voice is intriguing, of course. My cat is currently sleeping in my empty suitcase from the last road trip as well. All right, cool. Yeah, hey, man, if you got a cat, you know what cats dig. They dig anything that, like, suit uh, suitcases, bags, whatever, anything they can get underneath they're into. And, yes, this I you hear from me just about every overnight, but my cat is right now, DTC, Dave the Cat, is in a suitcase right by his little house. We made him a house. We invested in a house for Dave. He's got a house. When I say we, I mean I. And uh, he's currently sound asleep in the suitcase. What is it that he always falls asleep right at midnight? Something about my voice. Something about my show. He's either bored with me or maybe my voice has a lulling effect. That'd be really bad for my ratings. Yeah, your voice just makes me want to sleep, man. Oh. Yeah, I'm sorry, Mark. I was well. I was taking the nap. I didn't hear what you said. <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, if my voice is hypnotic, you'd be the first one to go. Yeah, right. I, we, we'd be in trouble. Out, right? We'd be you're, in trouble. You're literally sitting in the downtown score studios with headphones on, listening to most of the words that I say. So yes, if we, if suddenly there are no commercial breaks and no calls, you will understand that is because Sean Sears has fallen asleep because of my voice. Um. 708, 
Grody, I think Mancow bought the teeth for Ronnie Woo Woo. West, West Loop Tom. Yeah, that sounds right. I don't know if that's uh, – yeah, it was some sort of stunt. Like, you know what? Actually, actually, I think it might have been Rick Tallender who bought the teeth for Ronnie Woo Woo. Either that or he wrote about it. But maybe it was Mancow. I feel like we might be able to get down to the bottom of this by the time the show is over. Was it Rick Tallender? I want to say it was Rick Tallender. Um, but now you got me thinking, West Loop Tom. I appreciate the, appreciate the text. Um, hey, Mark, I drink coffee overnight. Usually I drink International Delight Ice Coffee. Go White Sox. All right. In- intriguing. I've told you guys about my coffee problem, and that is that, excuse me, that I, and I don't necessarily feel pride about this, but and not either way, I pretty much only like Starbucks. And it's actually a bad thing because now when I go to other, it's rare that I find another brand that I like now. There once in a while I find something that's comparable or that I just like a lot. But it's it's kind of ruined it for me. Like when I go to other places, like other coffee shops around my place, because I do a lot of that. Like I, I live alone in the city, so I like to get out of my place and just kind of go be social and hang out in places like you know, coffee shops, whatever. And I, I don't always like to hang out at the Starbucks. I go to other places. Like the, there's a Foxtrot. I like that scene. I just don't like the coffee as much. And again, this is not a downgrade. To this is just my taste. And I I wish my palate was more sophisticated with the coffee, but it's just yeah. Even Dunkin' Donuts, like I I don't dislike Dunkin' Donuts nor Foxtrot for that matter. It's just that it's just it doesn't do it for me as much as Starbucks does. However, I will say this about Dunkin' Donuts: like if I am being bad and I and I do like a full cream and sugar Dunkin' Donuts, there is nothing better than a large. Dunkin' Donuts, cream and sugar. There is something like that combo. No questions asked. That combination of the cream and the sugar, there is something deluxe about it. I don't know. Maybe they're tampering with the cream. And that's okay. I have no issue with it because when I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to worry about calories or sugar. Load it up. That's probably the best coffee. But for the most part, I just drink black coffee. So there's a, the international delight right there um, from A15, who says that he or she is a midnight 911 dispatcher. Um, work 12 to 8, midnight to 8. Drink coffee until about 5 a.m. and then have to cut myself off or I'll be up all day. Yeah, I get that. Weirdly enough, I don't, like, once I stop drinking coffee, there's about, a 10-minute lapse where maybe I've got a little bit of a boost, and then I could I can go to sleep. The problem is is having to go to the bathroom. That's that's the problem that I'm talking about. But, yeah, the keep which, you know, can also keep one up all night. Uh, plenty of coffee, says the 708. Hot and cold weather, and I go up for iced coffee. Uh, mochas is another one as well. And uh, so that's it for now. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven is the number. If you want to, if you want to jump in on that question of what you're drinking overnight, a lot of White Sox texts tonight, and I understand that White Sox fans 
are frustrated, and you should be frustrated. I said on this very show last week that I wanted to see the White Sox take three out of four. I wasn't gonna, I wasn't demanding a sweep. It was just like trying to carry over some of the the winning momentum that they had had. You know, they had the the devastating. It was weird because the Sox were going through a stretch where they'd won six of eight. Or um, maybe it was five of eight. They had, they had three losses in the stretch. But every one of the losses were, like, bad losses, like dating back to the Josh Naylor game. And then we talked about the 15-7 to loss to the Yankees on on Thursday where you had that awful, rancid seven-run eighth for the Yankees. It just felt god-awful. And then the Friday loss where you get thumped again 10-4. to So they're, they're losses this year, the White Sox. It's been loud and bad. And the, the during the, the eight-game losing streak, some of the losses during that just it made it like this is why we're asking this question about this White Sox team. Like, is it is it because it's early and they're just trying to get things figured out? Was it the cold weather? Is it the injuries? Or does this team have some, like, real issues that could preclude them from making a real run this year? And when I say real run, I mean to make a playoff spot. Because, like, I get it. Like, I know it sounds silly when I say bad losses, but some of these losses this year, you look at them, you know, two and three errors in games, some really serious bullpen breakdowns at times this year, and just, just general, like, base running errors, sloppiness by the Sox in some of these losses. And it just starts to make you wonder, is it a chronic issue, or is it one of those things like, okay, they're 16 and 17 now, they're going to blast off. So the question, I guess, I'm I'm trying to ask here: three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. Do you think this team will blast off? Will they have? Because they started to. They had a six game winning streak, and then they had the Josh Naylor game, which you know, who knows? Butterfly effect. Who knows how things change if Naylor doesn't do what he does in that game. Do they go on and win seven games in a row, eight games in a row, nine games? Do they sweep the Yankees? Is that what it turns into? Do they always split with them? Maybe the bat of Josh Naylor kind of changed everything, but it does make me wonder if this is chronic. Will they blast off? Is is there real concern out there if you're a White Sox fan? Are you able to compartmentalize what's going on with the Sox and be patient with the White Sox because it's getting difficult. Like, each loss makes it more and more difficult. And, you know, even today's, even today's, if it's not something sloppy occurring, it's some, like, rancid inning or something odd, like, like Dylan C striking out 11 and still giving up a bunch of runs, giving up six runs, or like what happened today where or yesterday where Michael Kopech has just a awful inning in the second where he walks two guys with the bases loaded, throws a wild pitch, and almost and it felt like he was never going to make it out of the inning, and, and he did, and he and the rest of the pen were terrific until the ninth inning when Joey Gallo hit the two-run homer to make it 5-1 Yankees. So, yeah, whatever, you know, whatever four steps they take forward, they take a couple steps back as well. From the 224, hey, Mark, drinking black coffee in my thermos while doing my route. Also, in honor of Les, 
the Calgary Flames eliminated the Dallas Stars in OT. Yes, very good. Very good. Um, okay. Um, I Yeah, that sounds good, the black coffee. Yeah, I go the black coffee route, too. I used to be a Splenda skim milk guy or cream, whatevs. But now I... Um, when I was um, dating the beautiful Sarah uh, a few years ago, she talked me into or, or influenced me in the coffee department because she said, hey, you should just drink it black. Like, you want to taste the coffee. You don't want to taste the, the cream and the sugar. And I was like, huh? Because, I mean, I had my routine. You know, you don't change your co- – and I, I'll be damned if I didn't change my coffee routine. She had another – great philosophy and that dealt with sushi you know how like you put um you put the 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 green hot stuff on what is it called the wasabi you put the wasabi on there and you put the salty sauce on top of there and maybe that weird looking little slivers of stuff <laughs> I, I, you're, do, you're doing a great job of explaining, but I know exactly what you're talking about. I'm not using my words well, am I? I, I know exactly what you're talking about, though. So I'm, I'm with that, you. What are they? They're like, um, God, what, they're like not peppermint. The you know what I'm talking about those little white slivers. They're you not put, like uh, like like sesame seeds. Now, you can put those on there too. You can put those on there too. But anyway, you put all that, and it, it tastes good. But she's like. Don't put all that stuff on there. You want to taste the sushi. And uh, it's kind of right on that, too, especially if you go to a good sushi place. Like, if you're just grabbing, like, your grocery store grade sushi, like, that, then you got to load it up because you don't really know what you're getting. The flavor might be a little off. But if you go to a good restaurant and it's fresh, you don't need to put all that junk on there. You don't need to salt it up and wasabi it up and those little, those funny little slivers on there. You don't have to do all that. Just taste the taste the sushi. Now I, I am like half and half still. Sometimes I still like to to put the goods on there and load because you know it's good. It's um the condiments are good on the sushi. But I I respect the Sarah Bear for that. A hundred percent. Absolutely. Um oh yeah 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 thank you. Thank you. It's ginger from the six three oh just popped up. Ginger. It's those little oh, ginger. Duh. I can see where peppermint is there. <laughs> <laughs> it's like peppermint. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's words. funny. <laughs> that's really funny. The uh, 312 area code, the number one coffee in the country. Try Folgers French Roast. Okay. I've had Folgers before. My parents drank that. Growing up, it was the best part of waking up. With, uh, my parents loved them some Folgers. But again, that's what they're saying. Yeah. And again, I bet Robert. Wait, Grobber didn't? Oh, of course he drank coffee. Of course. Um, Grobber drank coffee and the other Grobber, dirty little secret, maybe you guys don't know this, five-hour energy. Oh, yeah. Year, years ago, as Vince Scully would say, I did an endorsement for five-hour energy. And so I literally had, like, a locker full of five-hour energy. I didn't like it. And there goes my next opportunity to endorse Five Hour Energy. I just didn't like it. Didn't feel good. Didn't like the taste. Um, but Grobber loved it. So Grobber would come to my locker like we were doing a drug deal. And I'd, you know, I'd go through the combination of how many bottles you want, buddy. I'll take them all. 
Well, I don't want to give them all to you, Grabber. I still, you know, I, I'm I'm using still. And there's other people here at the station who need their hits. So, yeah, I would always give Grabber the five-hour energy. And he loved it, like bananas. He would drink a couple of those throughout the night. So that was about it. That's probably about as bad of a thing that is, as Grabber ever put into his system, five-hour energy and coffee. Because he didn't drink, famously. He did not drink. Bananas. Smoke, I love them. <laughs> didn't do drugs. Didn't do any of that stuff. Grabber, Grabber lived clean. His only dirty lifestyle was all the sporting events that he went to. That that would get a little. That was a bit much. A bit dirty, <clears throat> and a bit much. The Cubs, them Cubs, ended up having a successful series in Arizona, where they on going back on Friday. Arizona won that game. That was, oh, my God, Arizona 4, Cubs 3. Anybody else, like, look at that pitching matchup before that game started and say, like, oh, my God, Drew Smiley against Zach Davis or uh, Zach Davies. Guess what? Drew Smiley spelled backwards as Zach Davies. Or do you say Zach Davies spelled backwards as Drew Smiley? Because it's just like, yep, 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 we traded out uh, a Zach Davis, who the Cubs had last year, and they brought themselves Drew Smiley. So I just want to make sure they have that type of pitcher in their arsenal God, at all Was that not times. annoying that Zach Davies just, like, washed us for, like, we get we scored three runs, I think, in, like, the second inning, and then he yep. just beat the crap out of us the rest of the way. I was like, God, yep. this guy. <laughs> yeah, Davies now that I'm looking at it, Sean Sears, uh, he goes five and two-thirds, allowed three runs on four hits, struck out six. And and actually, interestingly enough, Zach Davies had been pitching well up to that that game. Well, he still pitched well in that game, but he had not allowed an earned run in 14 and a third innings pitch coming into that game. So he's been actually pitching well for Arizona, a team which has been – playing relatively well this year. Um, Arizona, who will be at Wrigley Field later on this week, was um, 18 and 15, or are 18 and 15 right now. So they've been fine. They've been fine this year. And, yeah, I think what was more annoying from the, the Friday game was the the Cubs' eighth when they loaded the bases against old Ian Kennedy and Alfonso Rivas, who has had some big hits this year, and it's been, you know, a bit of a revelation, ended up uh, popping out. But, yeah, Arizona beat the Cubs on Friday 4-3, to and the Cubs ended up winning the next two games. Kyle Hendricks was strong on Saturday as the Cubs beat Arizona 4-2. to And uh, then again, yesterday, the Cubs win the, the money game of the three-game series. Cubs beat the Diamondbacks 3-2. The final big hit for Frank Schwindel in the ninth. Big home runs for Patrick Wisdom and Rafael Ortega hit one about 440 feet to start the game, so that's the way. That's the way you do it on a Sunday. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. We're gonna take a quick break and we're gonna get back to some of your calls. Kathy and Dave, you two will be first up. There is room for you though. We got some spots open. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. I'm Mark Grody. It's Chicago Sports Radio six seventy. The score. You're listening to the show Les Grobstein perfected. Score overnights. I think his only mindset was, you know, he had it in his head forever that, you know, he that he should never let him go in the first place. And yeah. and uh, Tony was willing to come back. And I think Reinsdorf said, okay, let's let's right this wrong before I, you know, leave this earth. And and he did it. And it's his team. He can do what he wants. 
too bad for Rick Hahn because, you know, it didn't make him look like he had power. But, uh, you know, you know, ownership have, has its privileges. Yeah. Jerry Reinsdorf could hire whoever he wants to manage the team. And that man is uh, Tony La Russa, the man from whom you just heard, Paul Sullivan. And Paul Sullivan was on Hit and Run with Matt Spiegel the other day. The man that produces that show is Sean Sears. The man that is hosting Score Overnight right now, the voice that you are hearing, is Mark Grody. Hello. How are you? Love to hear from you at 312-644-6767. From the 469, I am enjoying Tim Horton's along with some herbs. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Tim, man, I, I went to Tim. The last time I went to Tim Hortons, if I am not mistaken, is Tim Hortons the place that has the bottomless fries? You go there, you order fries, and you just keep getting fries. You just get loaded on French fries all night. I think that that is the place. I will I will confirm if texters I, don't. I was going to say, I don't know for sure. My like only experience with Tim Hortons is Wayne's World. Like that's like my only. Okay. No, there was a Tim Hortons in that. I don't remember. I don't that. know. So it wasn't Tim Hortons. It was. It was like a Blackhawks player themed. Stan Makita's. Yeah, it was. It was Stan Makita's. It was supposed to be like it was like Illinois' version of Tim Hortons. Okay. Okay. So that's what it was modeled after. Yeah, I have a buddy that lives in um in the Indianapolis suburbs, and whenever I go out, he's got a young kid, so we go to Tim Hortons and. You know, it's a child-friendly place, and it's a grody-friendly place because there's bottomless French fries. So, sick. Um, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to be doing socially um, next next weekend. It, it definitely pertains to Indiana. But for now, let me get to your calls. Kathy in Park Forest. Kathy, thanks for waiting. You're on the score. Hey, how are you doing, Mark? Great, Kathy. How are you? Oh, I. you know what? I'm so glad I caught up with you today. I am, too. It was great to hear your voice. Um, I was calling because I watched the Cubs game last night, and it yes. was really awesome. Good, yeah. And I mean, it's a win. I had this idea. You know, you have bum of the week. You have all that stuff. You can't do, like, the star of the week, and it should be, you know, that, that uh, outfielder. What's his name? Suzuki? Um, yeah. Yeah, Seiya Suzuki. Gosh, he was awesome last night. You talking about last night, or you talking about which game you talking about? You talking about the Sunday day game or the Saturday night game where they beat Arizona four to two? The Sunday game, but just Sunday happened. game. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, hey, you know it's a Cubs win, and uh, you know you got to also got to get if you're going to be doing the star thing here though, Kathy. You got to think about maybe Patrick Wisdom who hit home run, and also Wisdom also had. He also had a huge double to begin the ninth inning, and then followed by the Frank Schwindel RBI single, which essentially won the game. So that would be mine. That would be my star of the week. Would be Patrick okay. Wisdom. Yeah. Hey, that's that's what it's all about. We gotta. Everybody's got to have their own star. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they all pull together as a team, but you know, there's certain ones that just was like, wow, he was right on it. You know, I, I admit he can't. He can't hit the balls like he was doing because now they're kind of on to which balls to, to, to pitch to him. Yeah. But he's doing it in the outfield. Yeah. And yeah, they have, you're right. They have adjusted to him. Luckily it hasn't affected his defense in any way, but Kathy, I like your idea of doing that because we do so many negative things in sports talk radio and you know, you're right. The bum of the week and all, which is all fun, which is all fun. I am not disparaging those who do those things, but you know, yeah, let's hang a star on somebody every once in a while. Saying a star on a nice defensive play by Seiya Suzuki. Hang a star on a Patrick Wisdom home run or a or a double to lead off the ninth. I like it, Kathy. Anything else? 
So, like, when you go to work, you always like to hear the good things you do, you know, like the pat on the back kind of thing. And I think that we should do that from now, from time to time. I like it. I like, you know what, every time I host, I'm going to do, I'm going to hang a star on something good from both of our baseball teams or whomever is playing. Once Bears season starts, I'll do it like that. So I'm going to try to make this happen once a show, Kathy, all right? Okay, all right. When's the next time are you going to be on? Because I seem like I keep missing you. Oh, man, I got to tell you, I this is going to be a rough week for people who like to hear me on score overnight and a great week if you don't um, like to hear me on <laughs> score overnight because I'm going to be here until 5 a.m. and then I got bears the rest of the week. So I, <gasps> and then I'm, I'm getting out of town on Thursday, so I am not going to be on again until I think like next Tuesday. So this is, yeah, I you, you called me out here. I didn't want to have to advertise that, but this is my last overnight for uh, at least a week. I'm sorry. Oh, that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Well, yep. I'm gonna plan it. I'll plan thank it for you. next Tuesday. All right. Thank you, Kathy. I appreciate you calling. 312-644-6767. Hopefully, uh, Ron, the Ranger, Chris Ranji will be on, or Adam Stadzinski. Um, so we can. I'm keep Mark this... Rody Light. <laughs> so we can keep things live and local, but I think it's yeah. Studs tomorrow. He's oh, gonna be it? hosting. Yeah. Oh, excellent. Good, good. That makes me happy. That, that I feel, even if I am not hosting, like I feel like a responsibility. There is some responsibility I feel for this show, whether I am hosting it now, tomorrow night, in the future, or not. Um, I do like feel like I have some investment in it. In the name of Les Grobstein, I do hope that we're able to keep this puppy rolling. You know what I mean? It's like. It's as as the thing says, the show that that Grober perfected. Nobody's ever going to do it like Grober. You guys know that. I you know I I love Grober, and there's some things that he and I definitely shared in common and could talk about all day. And so and you know some no doubt I've about got, that. I've got some Groberness in me, but nah, not 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 much, not much. Grober is Grober, and he is one of one. And hopefully this sucker, like I've said, I think I've said this before, I hope it gets to the point where somebody is doing this show five days a week. It's probably not going to be me just because it's just not something like when once I start covering the Bears every day, I just literally can't. I am not. See, that's how I'm not, Grober. I can't do two full-time jobs covering covering baseball, covering football, and then coming home and not sleeping and then doing score overnight. So, but is my hope, and I will promote and push for and hope for somebody, whomever it is, whether it's Ranji or Studzinski or somebody that you we don't even know yet that hosts this puppy five days a week. That would be my wish and and my desire, my hope for for whomever that would be, and and for our listeners too, because I know how much you guys appreciate it. Um, Dave is in Glenview. Hi, Dave. You're on the score. Uh, Mr. Grubber, too. I had my own radio show for 10 years out of uh, Oregon. It was a Patriot station. We had 45 million listeners twice a week. Wow. And uh, Jesus. I think I could, do, I could do a real good job uh, filling in for uh, Mr. Grobstein. Okay. And All I, right. Well, um, hey, yeah. Go ahead, know, Dave. But uh, I got the answer to cancer for the socks. Oh, Jesus. Okay. And you guys are pretty young. You probably don't remember the old five socks. Oh, of course, I, I'm, not, I'm not that. Sean's the young one. I and Sean probably even remembers the the old five socks. Well, you you know that there's one thing that uh, is uh, uh, 
the, the success, was the success story for the Sox in 205? What was the success story of the Sox? Well, it was yeah. it was uh, there was a couple. I would say the the two most important parts of the well, it was starting pitching. The, that that's what it was for the White Sox that year. I mean that that's they, that's how they. That's yeah. long. Wait, what's the other thing you're thinking about? Well, I was going to say well, they hit a, a ton of home runs that year. So wrong, wrong. It was lack of injuries. Oh, okay. Where Very are the good. trainers from the two hundred five Sox? Are they all dead? Are they all with uh, the Yankees? Are no, with, it, was, uh, uh, it was it was Herm Herm Schneider. Right. It was Herm Schneider. Yeah, Herm Schneider yeah, who retired. He? Does anybody know where he is? He retired. He retired. Did he did he train anybody to to catch catch the two hundred six Sox, <laughs> seven, eight, nine, and, and today's Sox? Yeah, no. so so you're okay. on to the injuries. That's a good point, though, about the 2005. Now, they were not good completely injury-free. Yeah. Okay, they carried the league the whole season long and then swept the World Series, right? Oh, yeah, well, and let's let's face it. The postseason was about the starting pitching, period. Yeah. Yeah, okay, and that's the answer to cancer. You, If you keep your athletes stretched, and I'll tell you what, I saw an article in uh, Sports Illustrated, they had a photographer at the Sox camp. They had springs and rubber bands there. No heavy lifting, stretching. Uh, diet. I'm sure the diet was in there, too, because diet is paramount to good athletes. Right? Of course. Yeah. Yeah, you, you got to. So what, what, is, what is Mr. Reinsdorf doing bringing in uh, this goofball? You know, just for ball? for history's sake, or what? Who are you, you talking about? Oh, you're about, now you're talking about Larusa. Yeah. Okay, I thought we were talking it's about the guy's dead wood. Pardon? Yeah, no, no, you're right. It, it does seem like Tony Larusa, for the lack of better terminology, he's lost his fastball. He really has. I mean, there's no doubt. I mean, I would like to support Tony Larusa because. I feel like I have a little relationship with him, but I can't deny the fact that Tony Larusa has made some bad decisions in his two years with the White Sox. Yeah, and would you think that maybe with all these injuries, he might be looking around for better trainers or something like uh, uh, who was it, the uh, farcical Mac Newton that took the what was the ninety-eight or ninety-nine Cubs <laughs> to the finals, and then they blew it out uh, when they fired him and the yeah. pitching coach. I never know, yeah. man. No, Dave, I, I, I totally get what you're saying. I never know, though. Like, is it the trainer's fault that there's all these injuries? Is Absolutely. I don't know. Absolutely. I, 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 well, you, I, look at all these hamstring pulls. Where, well, where yeah. do you think that comes from? I, I don't okay. know. Like, are they are these tra- – because you and I don't know because we only can see it like we get to see the game. We don't know what if these trainers are doing anything differently. Maybe the players aren't listening to the, the trainers. I have no idea. And they did, actually. They do have – a new trainer this year. They did fire the trainer, I think, from 2021. So who, the, whoever the guy is, and I don't know his name off the top of my head, he is new. Nobody so, knows his name. The yeah, guy, he won't be here next year. It doesn't make any difference. You, know? you might be right, man. Yeah, yeah. You might be right. I don't know. I mean, yeah. Well, yeah. Maybe anyways, these, you know, here, here's an idea. Maybe, maybe yeah. these teams, when we 
when we blame the trainers, and, and we've done this, I think, in every single sport, eventually, like, oh, what's all the injuries? What's with all the, like, what's going on? Maybe they need to add to these training staffs. You know what I mean? Like, because there's usually two or three, like, official trainers on a team. Maybe there should be, like, five to ten of these guys. Like, just, just like, or in just invest more in the training staff, not not blaming an individual, like getting a team of guys together that can work on this better. So maybe just in you some ways. Some of the shit. best trainers come out of uh, Dr. Ross Turtoninov in Phoenix and Aaron Mattis out of, uh, I believe he's in Jacksonville or one of the uh, big cities down there in, uh, in Florida. That's okay. where Michael Jordan was trained, Tiger Woods. It's all about stretching okay and there's there's coaches that say it doesn't make any difference if we don't stretch our our athletes yeah and they're either second or last place they don't finish first look at um uh tom brady's uh nutritionist and trainer yeah that's next level stuff there yeah you bet so don't you think that like from uh 18 something hundred in baseball alone that when you find somebody that has success with pos- with proper training, that you go over there. Look at, don't you think the Yankees, with their runs over the years, um, have had good trainers there, and, and yeah, absolutely re- reduced injuries. That's, you remember, the, that's uh, the number one thing. Every remember... coach that that I've seen, whether it's the Cubs, Sox, east to west, north to south, border to border says, if we can control our injuries, we're going to have a good year. They say that in April every year. Do, do you remember um, Joey Amalfitano with the Cubs back in the day? Sure. Okay. Yeah, I thought I was talking to somebody who would I'm remember. I'm 77 him. years old. Oh, you're my guy, okay. man. So, yeah, no, yeah. you remember. Because I, I say that name, man. I say that name. People are like, what are you talking about? Joey Amalfitano. I yeah. <laughs> I came to Chicago in diapers in 1945. Oh, wow. My dad got out of the Navy. We oh, moved back sick. to Maywood. Yeah. Okay. And uh, what happened? The billy goat. And the billy goat turf. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we man. finally shook it, but we're right back in the barn oh, with that goat God. again. Oh, yeah. that's great. Now, now you're living the life in Glenview, man. Good for you. Good for you. I oh, love it. Yeah, Dave, Our thanks for the call, man. man. Call back again sometime, will you, Dave? I appreciate you, man. Thanks, Dave. Um, that's a good call. I, I like talking to guys like that. The the um, that gentleman with some wisdom. I was gonna say older. I don't. I mean, but yeah, he's older. Whatever. Seventy-seven. My dad's eighty. Uh, but I love you know I like like because because you know there's there's names I remember from when I was a kid like Joey Malfitano and like it gets lost on people but not with Dave not with Dave man three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven is the number I got to take a break I'm Mark Grody Chicago Sports Radio six seventy the score you're listening to the show Les Grobstein perfected score overnights Smith delivers called strike three. A fastball on the outer half, 93 miles per hour. Strikeout number seven on the afternoon for Justin Steele. 3-2, a swing and a miss at a slider. Luplo is retired. I thought he was really efficient, like I said, throwing strikes. That's how he's been. You know, he usually has like a one one little bump in the road inning that um, costs him a lot of pitches and and makes us get somebody up. But um, tonight, or today, he did a really nice job of just pounding the zone, uh, making those guys earn it, didn't give a lot of free passes. 
really encouraging what Justin Steele did for the Cubs today in a 3-2 win over the Diamondbacks. As we welcome you back into Score Overnight, I am Mark Grody on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score here with you until 5 a.m. when it will be my guys Molly and Haw from 5 a.m. to 9 a.m. for the Score Morning Show. But the Cubs beat the Diamondbacks 3-2. Justin Steele had 10 strikeouts today, man. He goes six innings, allowed one run, three hits, 10 strikeouts, did walk a couple of guys. And, you know, a couple runs crossed on his watch, but it was an Ildemaro Vargas error that allowed a run. And, you know, if we're talking about a Cubs team that wants to to change for the better in terms of the way they promote pitchers, and that is to develop from within, you do have to look at Justin Steele's performance today and say, yeah, man, that's that's pretty good. That's what you're looking for. That's an encouraging step for Justin Steele. Now let's see if he can get out there and put together a few other, you know, good series. Let's see if they're good outings. See if he can put something together because even if you have hope for this season for the Cubs, I think that the only hope is can the Cubs get back to 500? You know, can they get to 500? Can they toggle around that? That That's like my desire for the Cubs in terms of the winning part. But it is so much about the developing part for the Cubs, the trying out part for the Cubs, the let's, let's make sure that Marcus Stroman is what the Cubs paid for him. Let's make sure Seiya Suzuki is what the Cubs paid him to be and to be around in the future. And is he part of the core? Then there are guys that are, you know, trying out for their futures with the Cubs. You know, Patrick Wisdom and Frank Schwindel, I think, are most notable in that regard. Rafael Ortega to perhaps a lesser degree than those two other guys that I just mentioned. That's what this year is about, but I, I the Justin Steele part of it, I mean, if, if you know, he can do like he did yesterday against a Diamondbacks team that is decent, then that that's something. I mean, just that, that's another thing that I'm going to add to my list of players that you can watch and maybe say, could there be something there? Is there something more to it? And then the other part to the Cubs this year, other than what I just mentioned, is when are we going to start to see some of these players called up? Are we going to see that soon? Are we going to see a Brennan Davis called up to the ball club? And he's still not hitting well in, in AAA, so that still may be a little ways off. When is that coming? When might we see a Caleb Killian the the right handed pitcher for Iowa, the twenty four year old big kid, six four, I guess I guess one eighty, probably pretty slim, but he was part of the Chris Bryant deal. When might we see him? When might we see Pete Crow Armstrong? That's going to be a little ways still. Pete Crow Armstrong has played well this year, but he is at a at one of the lower low A Carolina League Myrtle Beach, you know it better as. So that's the other part with the Cubs as well. It's nice when they have a series like they did, taking two out of three. And they were good wins. These were all close games. You know, four two or they, they lost a one run game on Friday. They win a four two game on Saturday and then a victory in a one in bio run today. That's that's just a plain straight up good win for the Cubs. So 
I, you know, still great when the Cubs win, but it is it is so much about other things for the Cubs this year. And Justin Steele makes it worth your while when you see progress. And that's what we saw out of Justin Steele today. Um, back to the text line, 773. Add, this is a text in response to the gentleman who called earlier talking about the, the Cubs basically or the Sox need to basically train, uh, fire all their trainers. And, you know, the Sox won the World Series in 2005 because nobody was injured. Um, and then he was using the Yankees as an example. This texture makes a good point to counter that, um, saying, no, Judge and Stanton are always injured. <laughs> Which is true, especially John Carlos Stanton. Um, from the four six nine, Aloy Jimenez is the MLB version of Deadpool. He breaks often and heals quickly. Yeah, I guess so, but don't call him injury prone because Rick Hahn will get angry. Like that, the more I think about that, about Rick Hahn, like basically saying it was irresponsible of the media to say something like, "Oh, you, know, you called it lazy." He said it was lazy for the media to call him him injury prone if he's not injury prone what exactly is the word for a guy who has you know missed most of last year and is in the midst of a six to eight week injury this this year i mean i don't know like what is it the man who gets injured in most seasons or injury prone i'm not sure what it is but i'm i'm having a resentment towards rick Hahn right now for for saying that uh okay uh from the 219 this series against the Reds, or the series against the Red Sox, late in the summer of '05, uh, when the World Series were struggling. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, that text got detached. Let me um, let me go to let me go over here. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. Terry is in Lakeview. Hello, Terry. Hey, Mark. How are you tonight? Good, Terry. What's going on, man? Hey, I'm I'm good. I'm good. I, what I was telling Sean, I mean. What I'm, I'm a big Fox fan. What I'm perplexed about is this roster construction. I know they've had injuries. I get that. But the lineup is really um, – the injuries have been mostly to the pitching staff. Eloy is the only guy who's out right now who's a significant piece of that lineup. But when you look at the roster construction, what I was telling Sean, most managers don't have a lot of, a lot of input in terms of the roster construction. They have control of the lineup. Being that Tony LaRusso is a Hall of Fame manager, I'm guessing he's had significant input on who's on that team and who's not. But when you look at that roster, I was looking at the lineup the other night, uh, Mark, and they had nine batters. Obviously, we have the DH. Six of those batters were batting 220 or less. Three of them were under 200. So I'm wondering, you've got Josh Harrison. You've got um, A.J. Pollock. You've got... uh, um, um, Adam Engel, you've got Gavin Sheets, you've got basically the same player covering five <laughs> roster spots, and I'm just wondering what were they thinking? And that doesn't don't even get me started on the defense. So, what exactly does this team do well that would make Rick Hahn think, "Yeah, we got this"? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's an interesting point because you can even make the comp back to the Cubs that their roster was built to hit the ball over the wall, a bunch of boppers, you know, way to, in part, beat the shift, get loft, get launch angle, and it worked for a while. And then eventually, and now, we're seeing what we're seeing with the Cubs, a, a change in approach. And really, 
you know, although the Cubs or the, the Cubs, the Sox aren't exactly hitting the ball over the wall a ton either. In a lot of cases, they are designed to do that. To you, know, you mentioned some of the repetition, they are designed to hit the ball over the wall. I will say this. One thing that I will say in terms of defending, well, not I don't know if it's defending the Sox, but I think the, the I want to say the the major league average batting average this year is at an all time low in the two thirties, like two thirty two or something like that. If you look at the average, the average average this year, it is extraordinarily low this season so if you're just looking at batting average and i'm fine if, if you do that i don't need if you're not into obp and ops and all that it's all good um but it, it, we know like anthony rizzo think about anthony rizzo he's had one of the best starts to a season this year in major league baseball in terms of hitting the ball over the wall and power numbers but he's only hitting like 230 or something like that um so um, you know, Jose Abreu, who is, God, another 0 for 4 today for Jose Abreu. A couple of strikeouts. He's hitting 197. Um, A.J. Pollock, you just mentioned, hitting 192. Leori Garcia, who Tony La Russa has had in all sorts of different spots in the lineup, batting 198 at this point. Um, I'm just looking through. Ryan McGuire, or Reese McGuire, excuse me. 140. He doesn't really count because, you know, he's not in there every day. Tim Anderson, though, being Tim Anderson, he's hitting 336. Um, Andrew Vaughn at 262. Luis Robert, 304. And then it just goes downhill from there. One of the problems is, and I just mentioned Jose Abreu, he's just not hitting and he's not doing his usual clutch hitting that he's done in the past. And we haven't had that big surge yet from, from really anybody. I think that's part of it. Like you haven't had like the guy, the player get on a heater this year. We haven't seen that from, from Luis Robert, even though Tim Anderson has the three thirty six average, we haven't seen him carry the team. We haven't seen Yasmani Grandal do that. We've seen him. He's at one sixty five. I, I like we've seen him come up in a number of RBI opportunities this year and fail in those spots. Whereas last year he was a killer when healthy in some of those spots. So yeah, there's really not a, a spot on the, on the socks. Like really, now that I'm putting this together, there's just not a lot of areas where, yep, the socks are really good at that. There, there, none of them exist. There has been very little domination in any of the little areas of the White Sox this year. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. We'll get more of your calls coming up after the break. We'll get it going with Dan coming up next on Chicago Sports Radio six seventy. The score. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.